Welcome back to the Project 24 Blogging Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is Nathan and I. Hello. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah. So glad you're here too. Um, today we've got a really good discussion. Uh, we're going to talk about product reviews, something yeah. that's always on people's minds. Yep. I think coming into Q4, this is going to be a good one to talk about. Yeah. And then of course, after that, a couple questions from the community, but uh, first let's get into it. So the reason that I thought of this, you know, to be a good podcast discussion and Nathan uh, did too is because this is what we're kind of working on here at uh, income school and we told you guys we would update you on what we're working on and so that's a big focus Mm -hmm. uh, here and so in fact uh, Julie and I Julia (laughs) I always say it like that really fast but I know your name is Julia don't (laughs) worry we're filming a video this morning about a blender review for cook for folks for the YouTube channel, and then also to embed on a blog post, which we are going to write, have the creator studio write. Uh, we got lots of pictures and we've got the information. We did the original research now. And so the creator studio can use that to write the article, right? Yeah, definitely. I think that that kind of what you just encapsulated right there is some of the most value, like one of the most valuable ways to do a product review. Um, of course, you can write product review posts or create a product review video. Um, but kind of the norm in the internet marketing industry is not to actually handle the product every time. Um, and I know that sounds like kind of a no-brainer, and many of you listening may also agree that's kind of a no-brainer that you'd want to handle the products that you're talking about or reviewing. But, you know, and not, not in every case is it possible to handle the product. Um, but there is definitely a big difference in the quality of the product review um, because of that original research opportunity that you just can't quite get if you don't handle the product. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Like Julie and I were just saying this morning, that was fun. You know, yeah. we did the taste test. We um, bought a bunch of ingredients and we came up with an uh, ingredients for one smoothie and we blended them all together, of course, in the different mm-hmm. brands of blenders. And then we both did a blind taste test um, on camera. So we had our favorites and our least favorites. And then we are going to do at least one more recipe, hopefully two, and uh, try it out. See how the blenders did with the different ingredients. We tried to make them kind of hard. So I went out and bought like almonds, mm. peanut butter, kale. Uh, what else like frozen uh, bananas and things that might be hard for the blenders to kind of blend up so we'll see how they do on the next ones but Mm -hmm. it was interesting to see and it definitely um, brought to light like which blenders worked really well and which ones didn't work so well and we also kind of rated them based on like um, noise Mm how well they blended up, what the texture was, what the taste of the smoothies were. And so we're excited to write about that as well. Yeah, I really like that. And I I think when it, for product reviews, you know, I love the head-to-head sort of competition um, and kind of framing a product review that way. So, of course, you know, using the hub and spoke kind of style or method, you could definitely do an individual review mm-hmm. of each blender in this case. Um, But then also doing like a roundup style video where you're kind of pitting them against each other, running all these different tests, gathering data, um, and then kind of using that data to come up with 
the best option. And I think that we've kind of discussed this in some meetings here in the office for cook for folks. Um, we are really trying to hone in on our affiliate strategy. Um, in the past, the affiliate strategy has just looked like, okay, go into the articles, see what links you can stick in there. And we're going to see if we can make some affiliate commissions. Um, and while that works, it's more of a spaghetti on the wall type of thing. It's not really, um, it's not focused. Yeah. And so what we've kind of decided to do um, is to come up with a list of top or not topics, a list of uh, products mm-hmm. that we actually want to recommend um, things that we actually use in our day to day cooking, or maybe not day to day, but things we would use for us a, a large group. Um, you know, maybe it's a crock pot or maybe it's an instant pot or maybe, you know, it's a grill, you know, whatever the case may be, we want to recommend like 20 products total, maybe it's just an example. Um, but these 20 products we can recommend over and over in the article. So it's more consistent, uh, rather than recommending 400 random Amazon products, you know, rather, rather than recommending five blenders and five different articles, uh, we can say, you know what, we've done the testing. You can read the reviews on each article. But this one's our favorite. Um, And then every article where it would make sense to talk about a blender, then we can link back Mm -hmm. to that one blender that we really, really liked. And so our goal is to do that with a number of products. And I think that that really makes the affiliate side of things so much more organized um, and easier to kind of keep a hold on rather than having to go and update 300 different links um, of different products just to have those like 20 or 30 kind of focused products um, that you can use to recommend. And it makes you feel better about writing it and mm-hmm. putting those links in there because you've actually tested it yes. out. You know, it's it's kind of a bummer to put links in there that you don't really know the product right. besides what you've read about it right. already, the reviews on Amazon or, or whatever. It's it's nice that mm-hmm. you can actually tell them as a human being mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh, what you liked about it, what you didn't. And um, people will take that more genuinely. Yeah, definitely. And I think another kind of really valid or valuable thing is that it may be feasible to actually buy 20 products Mm -hmm. over the course of time rather than actually trying to buy 300 products over the course of time. So not only does it help you stay more organized, but it's also more feasible, you know, uh, you know, blenders, they're not the cheapest. And so, you know, we wouldn't want to go and say, Oh, let's buy these 10 different blenders and we'll recommend them all. Um, It would just make a lot more sense to do the product reviews on the popular blenders, but then to recommend a single one. Um, Anyway, I just think that the strategy makes so much more sense. We're actually doing this on a couple other sites as well. Um, Julia and I have been making some videos for uh, one of our other websites and we've been doing some product reviews there in a very similar fashion. So, you know, we group, we'll find products that we like uh, kind of like Anna did with the blenders. um, And then we will, buy a few of them, you know, maybe three to five. We can test them against each other, um, do like a group test, do individual reviews. But then we actually come up in the end, after we do all those, all the testing, we come up with one product Mm -hmm. that we can recommend. Um, And we still have the other product reviews on the website. So if someone happened to be more interested in those, yes, we could also recommend those things. Um, But as we try and build a brand, we want to have products that we can stand behind. Um, and that we can um, really recommend well and that we've actually done the testing for. So one other thing that I'd like to say uh, is kind of along the lines of for those who can't necessarily buy all the products. Um, while, of course, I believe and many of you would agree that it is way better to buy the products than it is to just review them from the Internet. 
um, there are ways that you can just do an internet review mm-hmm. um, that makes it more valuable than just going and reading the reviews on Amazon. Um, so a couple of those things. And if you look on your in the post recipe um, in the blogging system, you'll see some of these ideas. But, um, you know, it's looking through forums, doing polls on Facebook. Sometimes the Amazon reviews are helpful, although I believe based on uh, Amazon, uh, some of their... Uh, specifications and their rules. You can't actually publish an Amazon review. So, but you could take some of what people have said and use it kind of as data. Mm -hmm. You know, if you publish a poll on Facebook and say, Hey friends, you know, what's your favorite blender? What blender do you use? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Well then in that case, maybe you could find, you know, if you have 10 or 20 friends uh, respond, you could find maybe the top two or three blenders that were popular um, and then use some of that data, find what they loved, what they loved or what they didn't love. Um, Also something that Anna did is she reached out to the team and she's like, Hey, what blenders do you guys have? You know, like that way you are just kind of pulling from people that you already know rather than having to go, you know, pull out the credit card and purchase them all. Yeah, I was going to mention that um, I went to Costco and looked at the Vitamixes, mm-hmm. which are like the, one of the most expensive blenders, and they were like $300 yeah. um, at the time. So I was with my husband, and he's like, why don't you call your sister-in-law? I think she has one. Mm-hmm. And so I went and borrowed hers, Yeah, was able to use it. And then I already had a Ninja myself, mm-hmm. so I used that one, and then I only had to go out and buy three blenders. Yep. And then once we're done with those, we'll get the most use out of them with Mm -hmm, pictures and mm -hmm. do those individual reviews as well. We'll just probably sell them used. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's a great way to do it. You know, if you can buy something, use it lightly. Most Mm -hmm. of the testing you're doing, unless you're like torture testing it, um, it's probably going to be pretty light use. And so you could probably sell it for like 50 or 50 to 80% of its Mm -hmm. purchase value on like Facebook marketplace or on whatever selling platform you wanted to use. But we've done that. Uh, we've sold off things that we've purchased in the past and it works really well. You recoup a good amount of, you know, some of the money you threw into the project and then you can use that to go out and buy more products. Yep. So I, I really like that idea. That's a really helpful tip. Yeah. And I mean, another way it's kind of uh, thrifty, but you could go to like yard sales, garage mm-hmm. sales and see what's out there. Some people just want to get rid of yeah. stuff and it's still nice stuff. Yep. So you never know what you'll find. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, there's always pages and, you know, internet forums full of enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people at the end of their enthusiast journey will be looking to get rid of products. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's very, very possible to find either very, very discounted products or free products. Yeah. And so I, I think one of the big things here to take away is get creative with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to just think, oh man, I need to go spend $2,000 trying to buy these products and I'm only getting get one blog post out of it or three blog posts out of it. And, and you know, that makes it a lot harder to justify doing a really valuable product review. Um, but if you can get creative, find things that are cheaper, borrow things, use other people's data, yeah. whether it's people that you know or people that you don't know, um, all of those things can help you create a really, really valuable resource. Yep. Um, and it's going to help you, um, you know, improve your monetization overall. Yep. And so I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, we're coming into Q4. Um, ad rates are typically higher in Q4. People are shopping online a lot in Q4. People, there's a lot of money moving on the internet. And so having really good product reviews um, is going to make a really big difference. Whether you're creating video product reviews to embed in a blog post or, you know, writing the blog post as well. Um, When people come and they're looking, you know, for the different product reviews, Mm -hmm. 
you can be there and ready to go. Yeah. Another thing I thought of is the holidays are coming. So there's some Black Friday sales out there. Look out for those products that might be um, having a deeper discount as well. Yep. All right. (laughs) Well, uh, hopefully you all are working on some product Mm -hmm. reviews right now. It's a great time. Like you said, ads uh, are, are going up for that. It's a good time to do it. And uh, might as well start now with whatever you have because Mm -hmm. the payback is going to be worth it with those affiliate programs. Hopefully you're doing that. Yes. And I would say one more thing and not to drag this out, but milk the product for all it's worth. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, you may think, oh, I'm only going to get one article. Try and get five, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe it is a, a singular product review. Maybe it's a this product versus this product. Maybe it's this product versus the five other products total. You know, you can do lots of different um, concoctions or (laughs) versions of the article. Uh, We have another site that I just remembered um, that there are a lot of like this, this product versus this product. And Mm -hmm. some those articles sell a lot of product. Mm. I, 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 as I looked at the numbers, I was shocked. Um, And so, you know, if you're going to, invest in the product be very creative use it as much as possible for as much content as possible while still making it helpful um, just so you can get all your money's worth out of it yeah and not just for the product or the project rather that you're working on catch some extra b-roll and extra pictures and just get a ton so you can use those for future articles if you need anything of course it's way better to pull up an original image um, rather than a stock image definitely yeah all right. Well, good discussion there. Uh, we do have a couple questions from the community. So the first one is from tonight's moon and they say, how many sites do you want to have of what size producing how much income, any YouTube channels or online businesses in the mix? Will any of your sites have a real brand and audience of true fans or just a portfolio of passive sites from SEO is selling sites part of your plan? So obviously they were reaching out to the community as a right. whole, but I thought we could talk a little bit about this. Yeah, I think this is a really great question. Um, you know, as we think of like our one-year plan, our five-year plan, our 10-year plan, it is really good to have an idea of what the goal is. You know, for most people just starting out, it's probably a single site that has some level of success that they can reinvest into the business and hopefully grow it. Um, I know that, you know, we've talked about kind of the size of our portfolio. And for us, it's a little bit different because our goals are a little bit different with the portfolio. You know, one of the biggest parts of our portfolio is learning and teaching and so we will always be creating new sites and so for us i know that you know we'll probably always have a little bit larger of a portfolio than we probably should have um, based on the time we can manage it and um, all those things but i think that selling is also a part of of the portfolio plan for us Um, and again part of the question was are they going to be passive or are they going to have a brand well, I think probably some of both, you know, maybe um, a few that are very branded with good followers and then probably some that are just passive, you know, content sites. Um, and I love that there's all that flexibility. Um, I love that no matter where any of you are at kind of in your blogging journey, if you have one site now, you're interested in starting another, great, you can totally do it. Yep. Um, if you have 10 sites now and you want to sell a few or 10 sites and you want to, you know, buy a few, that's great. Um, that's one of the great things about these businesses is that they are basically 100% customizable to what you need. Yeah. And so anyway, I think for income school, you know, just to kind of 
throw our two cents of what we're doing. I think we'll always have a fairly large portfolio mm-hmm. uh, with a good mix of sites. Hopefully some, you know, we're in the growing phase right now. Hopefully some that are gr- continue to grow and uh, become more authority, um, larger in their in, in the niche or in the industry. And then it's always starting new ones uh, so that we can continue to learn and test um, and see what's working out there. Yeah. I will say with our portfolio, now that we've got quite a few websites Mm -hmm. and um, we're a little further along, we have a little more room to experiment because we want to try new things so we can figure it out for you the hard way before we bring it to you. That's how we've brought a lot of our case studies and that's how we've learned what we've learned. And so it gives us a little bit more flexibility and room Mm -hmm. um, to try those new things. So I think Maybe when your portfolio gets a little bit bigger and you're making some real income, you might have a little bit more flexibility yeah. as well. Yep. When you're a brand new site, you only have one, you're depending on this, you know, you're going to want to try as hard as you can and yeah. just do it the right yeah. way. And I think that, you know, it's it's good to remember that everyone's goals are different. Yeah. Uh, some people are looking for the 500 extra dollars a month yeah. uh, just to supplement their income, you know, an extra $500 a month for fun money can be yeah. make a huge difference. You know, there are others who are really trying to replace their income um, and trying to build an empire. And that's really, it's the cool thing about the, again, about these businesses is that you can do that. Um, but wherever you are, um, you know, if you are looking to make this a, your income, then I would always recommend diversification. Um, whether that's into multiple sites, um, additional YouTube channels, even investing in other areas, um, it's always good, you know, whether that's stocks or, you know, real estate or whatever. Um, it's always good to, to diversify, make sure that you uh, kind of just secure your income. So a couple tips there, but um, yeah, really fun conversation. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Our last question is from Sweet Iowa and they say, I have a website with occasional opportunity to add recipes, but recipes are not the focus of the site. I have a great article that I have taken lots of pictures for and mentioned the ingredients and the cost of making the recipe. I'm wondering if I should offer the recipe itself as a free downloadable PDF and not give the specifics in the article a lead magnet just wondering if that would make people mad. <laughs> I found out how difficult it is to try to rank for this recipe, but I feel that it is such a great recipe that I wanted to share it. I did my best to pack it full of every angle I could with every applicable keyword to get my foot in the door with search engines. I haven't done the whole recipe schema markup, but I suppose this would be skipped in the situation. I think I listened to a podcast that applied to cook for folks that they didn't see, didn't use recipe schema because that wasn't the angle they were using. Really interesting question. Um, uh, I guess I'll give my first thoughts here. Um, when I first think of a recipe for a lead magnet, um, I kind of my head kind of turns to the side, and I wonder if, if that would work. Um, it sounds like your website is not primarily focused on recipes, um, and so if that's the case, maybe it would work. Um, I really don't know. It's hard to say, you know, I guess I would wonder if it would work partially just because recipes are so readily available everywhere. Mm-hmm. That being said, there's also nearly all other information of readily available on the internet and right. people still sign up for lead magnets uh, that if they went searching other places, they probably could find the same information. Um, and so I would say probably the only thing you could do is just try it. Yeah. Um, post it or, you know, put the pop up or opt in, in applicable places on your website um, and just see if it works. 
I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to do it. You know, maybe along with the recipe, maybe a really detailed or complete guide, you know, kind of expanding the recipe just past the ingredients, but mm. um, giving other tips or helpful hacks for cooking or whatever. I don't know. Um, I would think to expand it a little bit. Um, whatever it is you end up doing, though, you just have to market it as valuable. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're really just exchanging v- some amount of value for an email. Um, and so if you can make it feel valuable enough, and if it is valuable enough, then you'll end up with very happy people on your email list. Right. Um, I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer here uh, because for your audience, it could be a great um, opt-in, but I don't know. We've never tried that. Yeah. If you want to let us know in the community, yeah. you don't have to go into specifics, but let it, let us mm-hmm. know how it went for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that you'll know, I was just listening um, to someone who does, you know, kind of the email marketing and that sort of thing pretty frequently. And they were talking about um, kind of the opt-in percentages and it's typical to get like under 1% of people opting in. So, you know, you can probably pretty easily figure out if it's working or not based on what articles you put the opt-in in, see how much traffic they're getting to each one of those pages. And then about, you know, for every one or 200 pages that you get, you should be getting about uh, one or two signups. So if that happens, then you're probably on the right track. Um, if it doesn't happen, maybe you want to adjust the marketing, see if you can add other things for value. But uh, yeah, good luck on that. That's that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it might be a good time with holidays coming right. up, depending on what your recipe is. Yep. All right. Well, that's all I have for today. Anything else you have, Nathan? I don't think so. I guess I'm not sure exactly when this podcast is going out, but I know that the Content Warrior Challenge is either ended or coming to an end. Yeah, and so, it's October 1st. Okay, when well, we'll be coming out. great job to all of you who participated in that yeah. Content Warrior Challenge. It's always so much fun to do that um, and so valuable. I just saw a post in the community today, um, someone who participated, and I think they said between them and their two writers, they wrote 90,000 words. Wow. Um, that makes a huge difference. Um, so if you weren't able to participate, I would highly recommend that maybe you take your own personal Content Warrior Challenge. Yeah. Um, and then for those of you that did, uh, congratulations. That's that's a big task to take on um, yeah. and very, very valuable. Absolutely. And if you want to have some accountability, post in the community and do Definitely. like a mini one. I mean, you can yep. do the 60,000 as well, but maybe you do 30,000 or mm-hmm. even 15,000. Just have some people join in with you to have that accountability. Yeah. yeah. Pretty awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.